1: to pay, I got miles to feed There ain't nothing in this world for free I uh, know I can't slow down I can't hold back Though you know I wish I could I uh, know there ain't no rest for the wicked Until we close our eyes for good Not even fifteen minutes later I'm still walking on the street When I saw the shadow of a man creep out of sight And then he swept up from behind He put a gun up to my head He made it clean He wasn't looking for a bite he said, give me all you got I want your money, not your life But you try to make a move, I won't think twice I told him, you could have my cash But first, you know I gotta ask What made you want to live this kind of life He said, there ain't no rest for the wicked
3: Money don't grow on trees Welcome to episode 160 Wow Across another zero Of the After Lodge podcast Brought to you from uh, our Google Hangouts across the across the country on the After Lodge Roadshow. Uh, we have the usual suspects gathered this evening, uh, worshipful producer Bruce.
4: Gentlemen, good evening.
3: And uh, Nick is back. Hey, I'm back. Nick. The carpetbagger.
2: <laughs> Still don't know what that means. You, you were uh, supposed
3: to talk to David Riley and have him explain to you
2: why I called you a carpetbagger. Yeah, he called. He called in sick from this podcast. Called yes,
3: on, on. Uh, I was. I was kind of banking on him being here tonight and explaining it on the air because I would be interested in a New England man's interpretation of the uh, derogatory term carpetbagger.
0: <laughs> oh,
4: man. I'm gonna have to check my producer's log. I don't believe he has any sick leave. I don't think he can call that. I don't need
3: to... No, I mean, he hasn't put in the time to, to get the sick days yet.
4: Yeah, you don't, you don't get a sick day for every three days you work.
2: I'm pretty sure the first time he crashed your server is equal to at least a few days off.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: All right, so uh, on the calling in sick note, um, I was just being reminded by our worshipful producer uh, that we have yet to post the last show we recorded That's a two thing. weeks ago tonight. Um, that is that is on me. I have been occupied with other things. Uh, you've been for those, busy, man. For those of you who didn't know, my uh my son, I guess fifteen days ago now, uh, ended up in the hospital. Uh my three week old son. <laughs> uh and he was got the spinal tap and all that fun stuff and was put on IV antibiotics uh and spent 10 or 11 days, it's all a blur, uh, in the hospital, which of course meant my wife and I juggling our, our two-year-old uh, and being one of us having to be in the hospital with him. So I got to live the uh, single dad life for a while, which has some fun stories I can share later. Um, but he came home yesterday, uh, and all is all is well. Um, while my wife was in the <laughs> And I was in and out dealing with my son. Uh, the guys at my lodge, well, their wives, more appropriately, uh, put together a meal train, which is something I'd never heard of before. Uh, but it's a website, like mealtrain.com, and you can set up for somebody so people can volunteer to bring them food on uh, different different days in a certain time span. Uh, so our... Our lodge members' wives all volunteered and kept uh, my wife and I well-fed uh, during this time, which, which was fantastic, um, and I, I can't thank them enough for that. Uh, it it's otherwise would have been really bad, mostly for my daughter, who would have had to eat you know, like ramen noodles and grilled cheese and whatever most of the week. I think that's uh, a problem. <laughs> well, she wouldn't have thought so, but uh, we're, we try to be somewhat health-conscious here. But that's mostly because I have a wife who can cook. <laughs> um, fortunately, so do my brothers. So uh, they they took good care of us. And I also bring that up because it's kind of a cool idea if you've got somebody in your lodge who is going through something. um it's one of those little ways that uh, your lodge can do something to to help a brother out, whether he's you know going through a difficult move or Whatever the reason, uh, it makes it easy to schedule to make sure, you know, everybody can take him food. Um, <laughs> now that we've done it, uh, I'd like to see that, you know, be something that wasn't just used for me, because uh, it happens occasionally. Something will happen with one of our brothers, uh, and it, I'm sure other lodges probably already do this, but uh, ours hasn't, at least since I've been there.
4: What's and, the uh, uh, website again?
3: Well, the website is mealtrain.com. Uh, which, uh, you know, I'm not plugging for that site. We're not getting paid. Uh, I'm sure there's other sites that do the same thing. Hell, you could do it with a Google Calendar and a spreadsheet. (laughs) Uh, But the idea of, like, the taking turns, preparing and taking someone food uh, is pretty cool. I don't know why we've never done it before, but uh, it was Brother Chaplin Jr.'s wife that got all that started. And... Uh, you know she talks to my wife a lot, so uh, I guess my wife told her, "What am I gonna do? Uh, Harlan can't cook, and my daughter is with him, so I uh, I got food every night, so I'm, I'm good with that." And there's another idea when you're looking at how you can help out. Uh, but yeah, we're home. Things are trying to return to normal. I can quit living the single dad life. Uh, which I was very self conscious about all week. Uh, for instance, my daughter and I ran out of dry goods. You know, like uh, we were getting low on bread, and she likes to snack on like those those goldfish, um, yogurt, things like that. So I made a list of like these things that we don't have an ample supply of. And, you know, people were bringing us dinner. So this was the non dinner stuff. And I, I put her in the car and we went to Walmart. First thing is, if you are a uh, youngish man, uh, not dressed like you should be in Walmart, which apparently I don't dress like I should be in Walmart. Does that mean overdressed? Uh, well, dressed like this, which eh, anyway, I might have had a collared shirt on under this. Oh, but- totally overdressed. Yeah, so I'm there with my daughter, and of course she's, you know, cute as can be. She's got the the list, and that was her job was holding the list, and she's calling off like the next thing we have to find. Uh you will be approached by more strange women than I think ever in my life. And I was like, Oh, I look like a single father. (laughs) That's why. Um and then when I got to the checkout aisle, I felt like the clerk was judging me because I was like, I looked in the cart and I was like, oh, this, this really looks like single dad food. There's like pop tarts, popcorn, <laughs> and goldfish, little yogurt pouches and bread. <laughs> and, uh, I, she didn't make any comments about it, but I felt very self-conscious. So I am uh, really glad to have, have my wife home, uh, there's a there's a lot of work involved in, in being married. Uh and sometimes it's easy to forget uh what you get in exchange for that. And one of those things is having someone who knows what they're doing with that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh I was reminded of how valuable it is, so I'm really glad she's home. Uh I, I don't think I could handle this on my own. Cool. So if you're listening, wife, I'm I'm doing a shout out for you.
2: <laughs> shout out to our wives. Yeah, yeah, okay. uh, and cool. everyone
3: else's wife too for chipping in on the meal train.
2: Yeah. we're happy everything came out okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's
3: all working out. Um, I see that the uh, G Pack Grumpy Past Angry Chaplain uh, has arrived.
4: Hmm. Tony, welcome to the show. Welcome. How are you? <laughs> are we live?
3: Yes, oh, we, we are. are.
4: How long y'all been on? Like Not very long. Five minutes, oh, ten five minutes, something like that. Five minutes
3: or so. I actually forgot to start the timer. Damn it.
4: <sighs> it was
5: Harlan talking a little bit about how his week was the past week?
3: Yes. Yeah, pretty much. It was all uh, sunshine and roses and good times.
5: I just caught the tail end of it, so, yeah. Glad everything's okay, brother.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you missed uh, – was on earlier before the show and uh i'm probably gonna have to write that one down too <laughs>
0: yeah
3: uh anyway he was he was on saying hello to everybody now he's gone off to bed with oh man mother.
5: i missed it me and you had about the same week
4: i guess oh uh, uh, really tony do yeah. tell
2: your newborn got sick and you were in the hospital
5: I had nachos on Sunday night.
0: Oh, goodness. And
5: uh, I hadn't, I told my wife, she asked me <laughs> what I wanted for supper, and I said, nachos sounds good. So she made up some nachos and she got these jalapenos, but they're sweet, uh, hot jalapenos. But they really weren't hot. They didn't taste hot at all. It's almost like a tangy pickle or something. And so I thought, well, these aren't hot, so I, I proceeded to throw about a third of the jar on my nachos. Mm. And so Monday night <laughs> uh, w- was not fun. So
3: you uh, pass some gas and set the bed sheets on fire?
5: Yeah, it was close to it. I, it, it the liquid would have put the fire out, so that wasn't an issue. <laughs> 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 so. It's not quite on your level, Harlan, but, yeah, it was uh, – so I was up all night long, uh, and then I had to go to Memphis. And so I traveled Monday, went to, went to went to Memphis. So this is all inside of a hotel room again, okay? And I'm up every 15 minutes all freaking night long going to the bathroom. I can't not go. And when as soon as I get back in bed, I'm scared to fall asleep because of the situation. <laughs> I had to be in Memphis <laughs> – I had to be in Memphis because I'm meeting with the manufacturer rep uh, for a big deal on Tuesday morning. And so I show, I get out of bed on time. I take my shower and I did have to shower Um, twice. So so I get everything ready. I show up at at, at the branch uh, bright and early talking to my warehouse manager there. And he says, no, that's next Tuesday. Oh Oh, my God. (laughs) So yeah, I
4: didn't have to be in Memphis this week, so. Yeah, it's yeah. a good thing cuz your noxious gas probably would have been quite unflattering. Tony is an expert on propane, not so much methane. Right. So
0: This so is uh,
3: what we get out of the chaplain is uh valuable spiritual insights and poop stories. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I should, I really think my di- I think
4: I should look into that.
3: You what, could, like, uh, your, your digestive
4: something. system? Yes. Okay, let me let me tell you how you look into that. Don't pour a third of a jar of jalapenos on a dish ever. Okay, here's a question: Are we live
5: on YouTube? By the way, yes, yes,
3: yes. the so whole yes. world can hear you right now.
4: I
5: can't find it. Okay, I, I pulled up YouTube, and the front page doesn't say anything about it. So well, what?
3: Yeah, well, that's because I've been off the air for a couple weeks, so we kind of fell down in the ratings.
5: Um, okay, Reddit. I go no, net. Um could- let me ask you a question. Now, this is actually a – hey, how you doing? That's uh, <laughs> uh, Nick. Nick. Nick is his name.
0: Nick,
5: Nick Radley. How's it oh, going, Nick? Nick hey, Radley. All right. Radley? That's what I said, wasn't it, Radley? That yeah. is what you said. <laughs> Nick <laughs> Radley.
2: That's right. Yeah.
5: Hey. Anyways. A, a nice... Okay. I, this is a serious co- – it's not going to sound like a serious question, but it's a serious question. Have you ever been to Ponderosa. Any of y'all?
2: Ponderosa. Yes. Yes. Ponderosa.
5: Yeah, they have a buffet there. I could go to Ponderosa and eat. I haven't been there for a long time, but I could go to Ponderosa and eat, and everything's fine. But if I eat the cheesecake, our next stop, as fast as it could be, would be our house. It didn't matter what else was planned. You were heading back to the house after if you ate the cheesecake. Is that a common occurrence among you guys, or is that just me?
3: I've never eaten the cheesecake. Who eats dessert at a restaurant? That's
5: It's the little square the, the
4: Ponderosa's got those little square. I think it's cheesecake. Uh, all right, hold on. Well, let's let, let's back up a step. Harlan, did you just say you've never eaten cheesecake?
3: No, not at Ponderosa. He,
4: he oh, said no. he's never ate dessert at a restaurant. He did I
3: mean, say I, that. Like I have. Where do you eat cake dessert? Cake? Like on on like special occasions if you're going somewhere fancy or something, but it's Generally, like we go out with people, and like you never want to be that guy. Like when they're like, "Does anybody save room for dessert?" and the answer is always no. Uh,
2: Oh, you definitely never dessert.
4: See, Tony, you 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 have to bear in mind Harlan's uh, dining experience is usually business related, so he always tends towards business etiquette, and they don't do desserts there.
3: Well, or family, like uh, maybe it's just my family, but
4: does your family hate dessert, Harlan?
3: No, to, like if my wife and I go out for, for like on a date or something, and we go somewhere nice, like sometimes we'll we'll get a dessert. Or uh, if I go to Ponderosa, I forgot they had the soft serve ice cream, and I would throw that in at the end. But it sounded like you you were talking about you know when like the waitress always comes back and's like, does anybody want dessert? And then I, I've just never wanted to be that guy. Like when everybody else is ready to go, and you're you're like the fat guy at the table. Like no no no, I think I'm gonna.
2: That's I think I'm to have like volcano cake. That's literally me every time. You're gonna have dessert? <laughs> yeah, of course.
3: <laughs> do do people like give you funny looks when you do that? Or you do you just no, always dine alone?
2: You get, you get a lot of eye
4: rolls and sighs.
2: No, everyone's uh, looking for that person. Guy. One person orders dessert, everybody's ordering dessert. You have to be that guy. Yeah. Or oh, is that, that what, what it is? The guy holding so, up the check? <laughs> no, you split the check. Right,
3: and so you can't like do that and get the check and pay it and leave until like you've got your dessert, which can take another 15 or 20 minutes.
2: Yeah.
5: (laughs) If if, if nobody ordered dessert at restaurants, I would think they would quit selling dessert at restaurants. They wouldn't keep them there. So somebody's got to be ordering dessert. It's it's it's
2: Nick. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? If no one ordered dessert, they would have plenty of dessert at the restaurant because nobody ordered it.
5: They would have more for Nick. (laughs) <laughs> but it would be old, because it would be the first pie they've ever bought, and it just sat there, because nobody ever ordered it.
2: Oh, so now you're telling me dessert goes bad.
5: Eventually. Pie? Uh, that's
2: impossible. Ice cream.
5: Does ice cream go bad?
3: Never. Uh, I mean, not as long as it's frozen.
2: What? When, it, when it was the I last can, time you said, oh, this right.
3: ice cream's expired? Oh. I, uh, when I moved out of my apartment, <laughs> there was a carton of ice cream that had been forgotten <laughs> in the freezer, and
4: uh, I did eat it. I
3: think it was no, bad when it
2: comes man. out the back end of Tony. Mm. Whoa! Whoa! Thank you for that. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so, oh, so this is a Masonic podcast, is it? Um, oh yeah, it is. It's
3: a podcast with some Masons on it. Mm.
5: Right. It's after lodge discussion. So this is what we talk about. Yes. At- we don't we don't sit around all the time and say the Ukius.
2: What's it called? The Eucharist? The Eucharist? Are you quoting the Catholic Church?
5: (laughs) The Eucharist.
2: I knew he was a plant.
5: Eucharist solution.
2: The 47th problem of the Eucharist. (laughs) 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 That's not it. (laughs) Uh, You know, every week I think you guys are more cloudy.
3: (laughs) Yeah, well... um, I I was hoping that uh brother Riley was going to be here uh so that he could help do that education for you Nick but uh since the chaplain is here uh Tony earlier uh, I guess it was last week I pointed out to to brother Nick uh that he is a carpet bagger to which he responded what in the world is that can you can you explain the concept of of a carpet bagger to our fellow New Englander
5: the easiest way to explain it is in political terms okay hillary clinton lived in arkansas right well she decided she wanted to run for senator so all of a sudden now they live in new york and so they make their residence in new york it's somebody that moves in and takes over that really was like uh Rand paul in kentucky did the same thing he's from tennis or from texas there's an open Senate or a, a, an available Senate race that he thinks he might be able to win. So he moves to Kentucky, establishes residence, and he runs, and that's a carpetbagger. He moved
3: So okay, that's that's not that's not what I was looking
4: for. Oh. That's that that's generally, the political version.
3: Generally, it's somebody from the north like after the Civil War who would move to the decimated south and take advantage of the impoverished and uneducated situation and they often well, showed up name, with those stylish name, carpet bags
5: name how that is different than the two situations i just mentioned
3: well clinton moved from the south to the north and the paul family has deep connections all over kentucky and always has (laughs) so
2: remember he's one of the paul he's like one of three paul fans so
3: (laughs) yeah it's i'm a paul fan no like the 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 paul family is is extensive in kentucky as well as texas
5: Oh, yeah, I run into paws in my travel everywhere. So everybody's a paw.
3: Right, right. Um, oh, so if anyway, came up
5: and hit me, I could say I'm a pawed.
3: Typically, uh, it's, used, it's used the further south you go to refer to a northerner who has come down to take advantage of the situation and basically, you know, manipulate them and take their money or make money off of them. So this came up in your case, Nick, when somebody was texting you about the podcast, and that's why I called you a carpetbagger. Oh yeah, you yeah. moved from Massachusetts down to Florida. I moved from where? Sorry, aren't you from? Uh, <laughs> are you from Massachusetts? No, Mass- Massa who? Massa.
2: <laughs> oh, I hate. I hate all. Of you. <laughs> uh, no, I'm a I'm a born Floridian. Are you? Yeah, I'm a so Floridian. In the world did you run into David O'Reilly? I moved to Massachusetts for a year for uh, for my career. Oh, okay. Fun fact, David Riley's actually from Texas. I think.
4: So you so you're like a reverse carpet bagger. Kind of. Yeah.
2: Did you really title this episode Carpet Baggers? Uh well, I t- so you have to title the YouTube
3: stream something. Mm. Um, and I never know actually what we're going to talk about until we get here unless we have like a special guest so. <laughs> and you've been on the show enough that you're you're not special anymore, so Aww. I couldn't Aww. name it Nick something anymore.
4: You could <laughs> name it Nick uh, Radley, was it? Yeah, Ra- you know Radler,
3: Radner, maybe. What's his last you know name, Tony?
2: Say, uh... Oh, from a Sonic Con. That's what it was. <laughs> what? The reason it's you enormous. called me. A, the reason you called me a carpet Yes. Uh, uh, so the open. context. Yes, everybody is that uh, they're having a thing called Masonic Con in Massachusetts, and there's going to be all these speakers and all these guests and everyone's going to be there. And they said to one of the guys organizing, it says, I'm putting together a media night to let the podcasters interview speakers and vendors um, if you want to come up and take the opportunity. So I was like, oh, you must uh, know me from After Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like that.
3: Uh, there's that old saying that familiarity breeds contempt.
2: So mm. keep that in mind. So I asked Bruce, I asked our boss Harlan over here, if he would, uh, <laughs> pay for me to fly up there and to which he said, no.
4: He ain't my balls. No. Well, we lost Tony.
2: Uh,
3: Bye Tony. Okay. Right. So, uh, uh, figured out WM the wood three ninety five <laughs> from the IRC channel. I uh, explained it the best way is, uh, carpetbagger is a polite way to say damn yankee mm. got it and mm. also better than teabaggers which is clever but that's the kind of joke i would make and no one would laugh at it so i'm not gonna mm. laugh <laughs> he uh,
2: he also had the question oh yes
3: masonry S- talk
4: such a pejorative phrase can we just call him like an opportunist it's a nice way of saying
2: that's it. it's a nice way so he wants to know if the circumpunk is really just a pancake with a pat of batter in the middle and two strips of bacon on the sides.
3: Um, I mean, I don't know if we can talk about that in a public place.
2: With a pat of batter in the middle and two strips of bacon on the sides.
3: I mean, the, the, the pancake recipes are are deeply monitorial. I feel like I mean,
2: that's that's... a pancake recipe, though.
4: Not that I'm arguing one way or the other, but a pat of butter could totally be an emblem. Just saying.
3: Uh, um, how, how do I? How do I say this? Um, you're close, but but no cigar. Um, it is it is in fact an egg <laughs> that is in the center of the pancake. <laughs> <sighs> That's. I'm just not on your level yet. Yes. Uh, now the symbolism of the egg. Is that when you get too eager and you puncture it and then the innards run down the pancake and they go outside of the due bounds of the (laughs) pain and they touch upon the strips of bacon. Mm. Some people can handle the egg yolk on their bacon. Some people can't. Wow, that's deep. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Hey, this is actual after lodge banter that's happening right now. We had a conversation very similar to this after Lodge last week.
2: I have a question. If there was a lodge ran by strictly millennials, what symbols would they use?
4: Oh, wow.
3: I can, uh, okay, uh, Bruce. I'm,
4: there, is, there is so much potential here for goodness.
3: Yes, yeah, so Bruce, um, I'm going to uh, go out on a limb here and, and uh, well, if I divulge too much, uh, we'll, we'll Pull it out. Uh, I would say that the uh, there would be a, a starting obsession with all things alchemical, uh, for better or worse. Uh, I will leave that to you, dear reader. Uh, but for instance, the green lion consuming the sun might make a uh, fantastic lodge crest. And uh, lots of skulls seem to be a big thing with millennials. The, uh, the mm. of mortality. Uh, that that seems to be a thing. We have a lot of millennials here locally, so I'm uh, going off of that.
2: I See, I was, that totally, uh, I was totally I was totally taking it a different way. Like the hashtag okay. would be a great symbol. The hashtag. Oh. Right? Oh, you're I talking about they, the. You uh, would
5: have like the, the all seeing Apple eye or something.
3: Right. Well, you would have the, uh, <laughs> the all seeing Google would be yeah. the thing. Yes. Just,
4: just, um, stylized Google G wouldn't even have to change
3: much. Actually, you could just color the G in the middle. Yeah. Huh. That would be a really cool logo to use for something. (laughs) Like, involving digital masonry. Like, use the the Google G.
2: We call that copyright infringement. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes, You you could, except
3: that parody is expressly exempted. Uh, Like that lady that makes uh, Chewy Vuitton... (laughs) dog toys uh got away with it too oh yeah yeah it's uh when it's very clear that it is a play on words of another well-recognized brand then then you can get away with it so
4: speaking of which did you all know well i guess harlan probably knew uh companies or not companies but nobody's allowed to use a uh compass in their logo because that's so um maybe it's a compass and a square
3: yeah uh I think I know what you're referring even, to. And even
4: though it's not copyrighted by us, it's it's so well, um, uh, what's the word, like known yes. as, as our usage. That,
3: yeah, that but who would sue you? Right. So it's in the United States is where this, this comes up. Uh, it's been expressly opined in 19th century uh, judicial opinions. <laughs> and it's not that nobody can use it. It's anybody can use it. Um, and nobody's allowed to protect it, so you can't register the square That's, and compass okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. as a service or trademark or copyright any artistic designs with it. Um, well, the copyright thing's a bit of a stretch, you kind of can, but it's it, and it, it comes from the era in the 19th century. Uh, regularity wasn't, as I understand, uh, as easy as it is now. And so you had a lot of warring Grand Lodges trying to compete with other Mm -hmm. Grand Lodges for uh, authenticity, I guess. Mm. So uh, a popular way to try to achieve that would be for you to sue the, quote, imposter Grand Lodge uh, for using your marks, so the square and compass. And some judge eventually decided at the federal level that this is just far too confusing. Freemasonry is far too old all of these different folks can claim their lineage back to somebody in Europe or somewhere. And we're not in the business of figuring out who has the authentic claim. So nobody can have it. Uh, And that's why we can't stop uh, these imposter grand lodges from popping up like, uh, you know, the internationals. Yeah. Um, Not that I'm calling anyone out. Uh, Grand lodges are powerless to stop it because the, term Freemasonry and the square and the compass and the other things that come with it uh, can't be owned by anyone. At least here in the States. I hear the story is different in other places. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So So, we could start a cult and use all the Masonic symbolisms and uh, get away with it.
5: I think instead of the square encompasses, you'd have the X for Xbox type thing.
3: <laughs> Are you always ten minutes behind on the show?
4: I mean, like, like you haven't said anything in, in five <laughs> minutes. That's that's the best you got, Tony.
2: I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. But... No, it's
4: not. <laughs> Come on, some of these things take deep thought. Okay. I, I thought we had already agreed the hashtag would be part of the uh, main main. Uh, The great lights if you
5: will okay that would be one of the great lights the three great lights you'd have the hashtag the Xbox symbol and what would be the third one
3: Twitter the The Twitter bird bird. I feel like the hashtag would be one of the modes of recognition Uh, uh, the
4: the the third one would just be a book that says the internet on it
3: or or the old uh, AOL icon. You remember the uh, the pyramid with the uh, with the eye in the middle kind that of.
5: That would that would be uh, if we were doing a generation X or a thing. This is a millennial
2: thing. Mm. Oh, and then well. and then when they're going through the degree and we talk about how old it is, we lower the lights and play the sound of a dial-up modem. <laughs> <laughs> Connecting to AOL. And then we say You've got mail. <laughs> <laughs> that how, that internet connection, not made with DSL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well,
3: this, this, has, this has potential. Um, you know, there's a lot of like those affinity lodges uh, for, you know, plumbers and actual masons and what have you. Yeah. You could have an affinity lodge for like millennials or gamers or programmers, just nerds in general. Mm -hmm. You could could do something funny like that.
2: So, when I was in Italy, I was Googling the Grand Lodges, and uh, the Grand Lodge of Massachusetts actually (laughs) reached out to the wrong Grand Lodge of Italy because there's so many. Yes. Something like four or seven different kinds. And they said, all right, everything's good. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. So then my fiance and I went in uh, Florence. I think it was Florence. They have a Masonic Museum, which is the most amazing place for Masons to go. It just has, it's just awesome. And the guy was talking to us and, you know, whatever. And uh, come to find out he's a clandestine Mason. But his dad was a real Mason, and that just made us feel really awkward, and then he's like Tr- – true story. Great how, guy. How, I
4: mean, how, how does that come about in conversation?
2: So, I don't know. I was just being nosy, I guess. And then he was asking – No, 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 how- no, no, no.
4: I mean, when, like, like when you say that, what, did, did he say that, or did he say something different that you knew to be wrong? Like what
2: – he
4: how, – how, how did you know that maybe is, is what I'm asking.
2: He said something about a female. That's – yeah. He said something about a female, and I was just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, what?
4: What, what You mean like in Open Lodge?
2: Yeah, and it was just – and uh, my fiancé could tell like, uh, something's not going on right now. So then – and he had a lot of cool stuff. So then we kind of like, oh – you're not recognized and I'm a Massachusetts mason and we recognize a lot of people so this is awkward. <laughs> okay. So then he's like, "Oh, and true story, he's like, "Oh, I have more masonic stuff downstairs." But he did not have, at least that we could tell. He did not have a staircase to go downstairs. He only had one of those like handicap elevators for your house. To which uh, my fiance and I were like, "Okay, well, we suddenly just felt sick. We gotta go. We're out of time. We're hungry. We gotta get back. We gotta catch a plane, and we gotta go." Bye. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you,
3: you you went to the mafioso lodge. Yeah. <sighs> hey <I know>. hey. <laughs> Along
5: those lines, quick discussion point. Yeah. How awkward? How Have y'all been in the masonic lodges? And I know that they're necessary. But have y'all been in the Masonic Lodges where they've got the staircase, the, the lodge rooms you eat dinner downstairs, the lodge rooms upstairs. And they've got this chair that takes that, that somebody can sit on to go up the steps.
3: Yes, you know, I always get in trouble the- at the Scottish and, Rite for playing on it.
5: And well how slow those things go. And so yes. when you're steady, and you're to me it's <laughs> awkward. I mean they need to get one that'll just whiz the man right up there. That.
2: I have no idea. It's
5: oh, awkward as hell.
3: the handicap uh, chairs on the yeah. stairs. Yeah, our Scottish Rite Temple has one, and I always try to like ride on it, and then the SGIG <laughs> always tells me to get off.
5: I just think it's they're like, awkward. I, I, don't, I don't want them to take them out because I'm getting close to needing one, but it's still kind of awkward.
3: You ever notice how small they are, Tony? <laughs>
5: Yeah, what's going to be really
4: awkward is when I sit on it and it just goes, and And then like smoke starts just coming out of it. Yeah,
3: well, they're these little old like electric motors on like a bicycle chain. I bet there's a market out there, Tony, for uh, propane-powered lift chairs.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, y'all. I'll be up there in a minute. Let me just start the lift.
3: Uh, I mean, that that could be, that could be, uh, I mean, they'd be faster, more economical, more explosive. More explosive? Yeah. Uh, No one smokes indoors.
5: Well, I just never know. Is it proper (laughs) etiquette? If if a man, seriously, if a man is going up the steps in the chair and it's a narrow type hallway, is it? Uh, good edi- Is it poor etiquette to walk up the stairs while he's going up and pass him up?
3: No. I mean, if there's room to get around him, I wouldn't say so.
5: Some, some of them are fairly, or to me, they're fairly, fairly narrow. So as you're going up, you're kind of like butt rubbing in the face thing.
3: Yeah, oh, that would, as that as would as well, be impolite. That
0: would probably be poor etiquette, Tony.
5: Well, uh, that would also
3: be impolite to do what you do and try to push the guy faster. It doesn't work that way.
4: <laughs> wow. I, I was going to ask if it would be wrong to just sit on his lap and catch a red.
2: Well, it depends. Is he is he wearing a purple apron? Because if he is and you got to wait for him to get up to the top, if he's not, then I think oh, you well, could just yeah. be like, move. You know how that goes. Because some yeah, Masons always, are more equal than those. others.
4: Preferential rules.
5: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, could we re- wire it for 220 instead of one 110?
3: I mean, you can't, but it, it, the nice. thing's powered on a really long bicycle chain. So, it, it, it's a matter of, of how much torque you can put on that chain at a given time.
4: Well, right. you know what they need to do is just disconnect the motor and connect a hand crank and make the stewards, you know, crank mm. them up the stairs.
3: I was <laughs> <probably laughs> thinking, uh, there was a lot of jokes at uh, one of the lodges in our district. If uh Bruce, you know the guy that uh lost his his legs in that motorcycle accident mm. years back. Anyway, the guys at his lodge, it's got one of those super steep, crazy stairs, stairwells, cause it's you know, like two hundred years old. Right. And like each one of the stairs like I have trouble going up these stairs. Uh, just because they're like literally, I, I think they're 13 inches tall, like each step. Wow. Maybe more than that. Uh, they're like really tall, and then the the when the step itself is only like six inches deep, so it's it's kind of a crazy steep staircase. And uh, they had a guy who was like packing him up the stairs so he could get into the lodge. And we were talking one night about what if we could rig up like a pulley system for the wheelchair, uh, like, out the window at the top of the stairs. Uh, he was all about it, but the uh, the master shut us down, so it didn't hmm. happen. The
2: masters always shut I everything do. down.
3: They do. You guys kill all of the fun stuff, Bruce. Hmm.
4: Every time I try and do fun stuff, I get shut down, so.
3: Yeah, well, you were trying to. Explain that. Uh, I don't know if we could talk about that on that. We, we can't. We, we can't. I oh, know. Uh, one day we'll find a way to bring it up. We'll find another brother that no one knows from the show, and then we'll have him tell the story.
2: Or why don't you just come on and disguise your voice? Well,
3: yeah. because it's it's uh, it's very jurisdictional, and it's it's not it doesn't shed our Grand Lodge in the in the brightest of lights, and uh, we we don't want to call out our own Grand Lodge people. Got it. Uh, I- I disagree. We'll talk about I it think. offline, perhaps on the IRCs.
5: I think our Grand Lodge is handling it perfect. I think they're doing everything exactly right. So there we go. That's my official statement.
3: Yes, uh, that is all of our official statements here at the After Lodge podcast. <laughs> including mine of whatever Grand Lodge we're talking to. Yes, uh, uh-huh. our Grand Lodge does everything right all uh-huh. of the time. <clears throat>
2: <laughs> hey, so... Uh, David Riley and I went to visit a local lodge, and it was an open meeting, and they had uh, the D Malay guys come in. Yeah, and they talked about the s- seven lights. They do like this presentation with like, oh yes, seven. Uh, what are they called? Click clickies, the things on the top. candles. Candles. There we go.
3: Yes. <laughs> You've been in Florida too long. You're losing
2: your English.
4: <laughs> click clickies because Hola,
2: Hola. it was one of those uh, uh it was one of those uh, fake candles where you have to like click it once and then you have to click it again and it turns on for no reason I have no idea the mechanism behind that why it takes two clicks to turn it on but anyway but I was just saying that if anybody um, wanted to see a really cool lecture it takes like 15 minutes and it was actually pretty powerful and David Riley and I were sitting there we're like whoa that was cool. Yeah, it's
3: uh, I, I've seen. Is that the one where they they use the textbooks and like there's the thing for moms or whatever, or is that a different one? I don't know. I don't. Think I think so. they do a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember seeing that, but they they all kind of run together because uh, I have a terrible memory. So. Yeah, no, that is is—it's uh, really cool. The Rainbow <laughs> Girls are the ones that use the textbooks, I think. No, it's Demolay. The Rainbow Girls have a different one. But yeah, the youth groups uh, do that; those kind of ceremonies at open meetings. Uh, they are always really cool when you've got like family and friends there uh, to have the kids do something
2: powerful like that. Yeah, that was really cool. I was really surprised. So anybody listening that wants a really cool lecture in our lodge, should definitely check it out because it was open. So the mothers were there. The fathers were there. Um, obviously, a bunch of masons were there. So, And I guess well, they get credit is, for doing it. Is,
4: is there some kind of name for this thing? Or what, like, what, what do we ask for? Just say, yeah, hey, you... the Malay guys, come do a thing. Just
2: yeah, do a thing with the, with the click clickies. They'll, they'll <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Okay.
3: Now you sound like you spent too much time while you were in Italy. Like, uh, <laughs> why don't you boys come on out
2: with the, with the click clickies and we'll <laughs> take care of
3: Take time.
4: care of business.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh
5: are Demolays universal? Do they all kind of follow the same ritual throughout like yes.
3: everywhere?
2: Uh they do. Isn't okay.
3: the body called like DMLA International?
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's standardized everywhere.
2: Okay. Interestingly enough, um also they're trying to they're doing a thing here where we as older non- Demolay can join the Demolay for a lifetime fee of like fifty dollars or something, and they'll put us through the Demolay degree. Oh, really? Yeah. Well,
3: that's
4: cool.
2: Yeah, that is cool.
3: Um, I is that just is that just there or is that? It... I don't know. It's worth checking out though. It is because so I'm in this thing where uh, like when I first tried to join the lodge, uh, I was 18. And at the time our state's minimum age was 21 so mm. uh, The advice I got from some guys was to go join D. Malay. Well, of course, of course joining D. Malay when you're 18 years old is kind of dumb and pointless <laughs> um, At least I it, it seemed to be at the time because mm. you know, they're just gonna turn around and kick you out like in a couple of years, so uh, I, I tried to go to a different Grand Lodge where the age was 18 and it was nearby, uh, but then the waiver didn't go through because my Grand Lodge said, if you can't join here, you can't join there. Yeah. And then like three months after I was raised at our Grand Lodge session, we dropped the age to 18.
2: <laughs> so, now that Harlan's here. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, We've been thinking. But I I always
3: wondered, like should I have tried the Malay thing or how out of place would it have been for this like 18 year old guy that doesn't know anybody to try to show up and join DMLA?
0: Yeah.
3: Um In hindsight, I'm, I'm glad I didn't, but I think it would be really cool to, to do that now just to like, I've seen some of their work, but I don't think I've ever seen the degrees. I don't know if, if master masons are allowed to sit and witness those just because, yeah can we do that well i don't know like some of their stuff like i know their meetings like their regular meetings if you're a master mason you can just go to them um and like you're allowed in like all masons are allowed but i don't know if that includes like their initiations and stuff that would be a a good question for somebody on irc to help
2: out well, W.M. by Bly the Wood said, uh, D. Malay and Rainbow both have one ritual globally. It's not jurisdictional. Yeah, globally, because we see how that works in local lodges. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I was on the Rainbow year for a few years, and it was worth it. I have a question. Do you guys have a book that tells you how to do the floor, book, floor work? Uh, no. Well, kind of. So okay. our
3: jurisdiction has like five different – Books and they're all different and one of them describes floor work in detail but no one really uses it Uh, and the other stuff is more along the Preston Webb ritual Um, and it doesn't have much indication in the way of floor work yours does I've been to Lodge down where you are and like everywhere I've been has been exactly the same huh interesting But I've only been to like three lodges, so I mean, that's a small sample set, but (laughs) around here, you can't go to three lodges that are like in the same county and see the same thing. Oh, really? Yeah, it's uh, one of the things I appreciate about our jurisdiction is the diversity of ritual work. Uh, Because there hasn't been and there still is no standardized ritual, uh, there's the five different approved ritual texts and every state or every lodge has a different kind of a different spin on them, if you will, especially when you throw in like the, the floor work. Uh, It was, it was fun. It was more fun. I think early on when I first got started, because you could go somewhere and it would be like seeing a different fraternity almost, especially if you went like an hour away.
5: I like the denunciations of certain cities uh, or different countries. Uh, I still don't know how, the proper way of saying, because I've heard it so many different ways, I still don't know the proper way of saying, is it Nepathy, Nepathy, Neptimity, n- 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 Nantini? Anyway, there's a
3: bunch <laughs> of different... <laughs> nantini.
5: <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's...
3: The are you tribe talking about a Neptimity scene? The, no, the tribe of... Uh, the
5: tribe of uh, Neptimity. What the hell are you guys talking uh, about? Yeah, so, Somebody tell me how to say that word. The tribe of Natabitha.
3: I don't know. I'm kind of enjoying just watching <laughs> you try. Can someone in the IRC
2: tell me what the heck they're talking about?
3: <sighs> Is anybody... The, the? It's the tribe of Naphtali, or Naphtali, depending. Hmm. It's one of the tribes of Israel. Depending
4: on who's saying <clears throat> F-
3: Naftali. Naftali. Yes. It's one of the lost
2: tribes, to be mm. more precise. It means my struggle.
5: Naphtali? 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 Yep, Naphtali. there it is,
2: Tony. You got it.
3: It's Naftali or <laughs> okay, Naftali, on on who you ask. Mm-hmm. Naphtali. But I've heard Naphthalia Naphtali. and napato and. Nematodes? That's what I'm saying though. Every, yeah. every life I've
5: been in, or every person that's done that work has pronounced that word a different way. So Neptali.
3: Well it's actually
5: Neptali. It's a noun.
3: Oh.
2: <laughs> he discovered Google like <laughs> finally. <five million people. laughs> Everyone listening to this he's like, guys, oh it's... it's a noun. My struggle yeah. was the sixth son of Jacob and the second son of second son of Bith did I do that right? I'm not trying to be like um... I'm not trying to be like Hebrewist, but
3: yeah i i <laughs> uh, I don't know. it's one of the tribes that never really gets talked about, so
5: because it was lost,
3: well. So were nine of the other ones. The only unlost ones would be Judah, Benjamin, and uh,
2: Levi. Levi? No. Were
5: they really lost, or did the other tribes just eat them, or? or I, I was gonna say, say, I just, hey.
4: I, I just had a Reuben the other day, and know. that did not taste lost. <laughs> that thing was delicious. <laughs>
2: Well, they, they killed, them all. They killed the other
5: <laughs> off. The other, they yes. other
4: tribe. And kind of
5: like I don't
2: know. <laughs> That's totally what happened. Uh, <laughs>
3: sorry, I, I don't know why. I think I'm just that tired, Bruce. But that was hilarious. Uh, so yeah, uh, no one, no one really knows. Tony, it, it could it could be like uh, it could be like the tetragrammaton, and and it's just you know no one's really sure how to say it. So if we say it enough different ways, somebody will get it right at some point, and then maybe the oceans will open and swallow them.
5: That's actually well, what I listen to in degree work now is to find out how people are going to pronounce different things.
4: Oh, do you listen to Bob? Because um, <laughs> he he Great. pronounces things special
3: grand censor bob is from joycee he um
2: no way i love him already Uh,
4: there 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 are certain words nick he says he's he's the he's our uh junior warden this year and there are certain words for his opening and closing bit that he says way wrong and he says them every meeting and it's like it's like hilariously wrong
2: oh no 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 i sympathize with them because one time i was corrected on something and they were wrong but then now and it was the exchange. It, it was an exchange in the opening, and I did it wrong. And one of the maybe purple threads was looking at me like, I to "Say it the right way." And I was like, "I don't, I don't know what it is." And
3: I, anyway,
2: I can't. Just learn don't it say
3: masonry, and we'll all get along
2: fine. Is it compass or compasses?
4: Compass. Shut up. Right. Stop it. Move on.
2: <laughs> you know, we've stopped opening and actually had a full on fight like it's compass it's compass like, like like
4: during the open <laughs>
2: yeah like right there like <laughs> like we're like uh <laughs> like, well
3: you the first thing you do is stop and ask are there any engineers and or architects in the house
2: <laughs> yes, aren't we all supposed to answer
3: and, and let and let one of them answer for you and they will all say wait a minute compass. just a
2: grand architect hey oh shout out to the grand artist. Fi-
4: i just figured it out
5: <laughs> how would he pronounce all... it
2: in hebrew i just figured oh. it out though
5: we, we all Damn have it. a moral pro compass right
2: yes moral what
5: moral compasses or that means we would have
2: what's a pro compass that, that's
3: a different that's a that's a directional so if we all pointer,
5: have a
4: moral though. compass then the word would be compass yeah tony that usage is talking about the magnetic thing that, that points in a direction that spins Yes. You know, you know what I'm talking about. That points north. It's magnetic.
3: That's if, if we're gonna. That's if, a compass
4: Yeah, that's that's what that usage means.
3: If it's gonna be plural, then we'll just call them dividers and and be done with it. Wouldn't that be terrible? As masons,
2: we call and it and a divide. dividers.
3: Yes. Wouldn't Wouldn't we one call one it the bottom square bottom.
2: and together's?
3: Maybe. Uh, <laughs> that's a good, good point. Um, let me think on that one.
4: Well, it's supposed to mark the edges, the left and the right edge. So well, it would have to—it would have to be a word.
3: I mean, because it can, can, stay but within you, the edges, it can. Within but the, you can also or use it to. Or, you can also use it to transfer distances. So. Hmm. Uh,
4: I mean, you can, but like in our. Degree that's work and explanation, that's not what it is.
3: Uh, <laughs> that's true. Without getting into the honorary stuff in the Scottish right, yes. Uh, oh, someone's darn. honorary in the Scottish right. Oh. Well, I don't like calling them the higher degrees because that gets offensive to me for some reason. So I call them the honorary degrees. Oh.
4: I believe that's I believe. what sextants are for, sir.
2: Oh, wait. No? What? Oh, there's this guy. He always posts articles. Apparently, he's a really nice guy, so I'll give him some slack. But he posted, you know those people that, like, post articles on Facebook groups, and they'll do it for, like, two weeks every day, and then they'll just, like, die. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I'm familiar Uh, with one of them. Yeah, and we're probably talking about the same dude. But this dude, he was like, do you know the highest degree in masonry? And I'm like, oh, here we go again. right. It's, like, right next to George Washington was a mason. And he's like, the fellow craft. I'm like, what? He's like, the well, fellow craft.
4: Was he from Ohio? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's Floridian. Oh, I know who you're talking about now. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: <clears throat> so. I mean, I, I,
3: I guess that's not entirely wrong if you're talking about the highest degree of speculative masonry. Which I think is still true in like speculative Masonic unions, you know, like uh, bricklayers' unions or whatever. Uh, you know, there's the apprentices and then there's the fellows of the union or the craft or whatever you want to call them.
2: Mm. All right. So you but have... here in
3: America, we have three degrees.
2: Yeah, three. But then we have another 15 and then we have like another 30. And then we have like 45 more you could take. But there's only three.
4: Yeah. Unless you're Bill Schnobelian, then there are 99. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: And those are just the ones you know about. There's also
3: yeah. the secret ones. Yeah, there's secret ones. Um, no, I, I just, it's a usage I have. I don't like to say the higher degrees when I'm referring to the Scottish Rite. I appreciate that. Like, I'm a member, and it still offends me when I hear them called the higher degrees.
4: The, the larger numbered degrees, <laughs> like,
3: do you want the wider degrees, like <laughs> the, the honorary degrees? <laughs> uh, but now that now that someone's called it out this evening, that sounds kind
2: of pompous too.
4: The the, the of greater <laughs> value degrees
2: that <laughs> that <laughs> oddly enough cost fifty dollars a year. the the appendant,
3: <laughs> The appendant body degrees, maybe I, I'll come up with some other term now. I can't say honorary because, yeah.
2: So I'm trying to scroll up in the IRC. We had an interesting conversation for a guy that oh, did I miss it? Yeah. Oh, it was way earlier today. Oh, okay. Um, I like, can't uh I don't know. I can't find it. Anyway, he is looking to join a lodge, and he got we got on the topic of volumes of sacred law, and he says, I don't I don't want to use the Bible. And we're like, oh, okay, well that we had that whole discussion. And then I was like Ugh well, what book do you want to have on there? Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And he's like, yes, can I do that? And we're like, oh. <laughs> You're like, oops. <laughs> yeah, oops, my bad.
3: Hmm. We have a uh, copy of the Jeffersonian Bible for occasions that warrant it. Hmm. Uh, it was mostly just for Jason. But... Uh, I, I, at our Lodge, like we're a very progressive, forward-thinking Lodge, as was pointed out to us uh, by our district deputy at our last meeting. Um, that happened. Nonetheless, there are some things that the old guys who've kind of relinquished control to the younger guys will set the Lodge on fire over. And I'm pretty sure using anything other than that blue Masonic heirloom family Bible uh, would result in them burning the lodge down. Are you talking about the fat one with the angel on the cover? Uh, ours has a like a portrait on the cover. I forget what. The yeah, is of, I think it's an angel or something. Yeah, yeah. We use uh, we use one of those, and if we tried to switch it out for a Tanakh or a Quran or anything else, the, the heads would roll. Mostly yours, Bruce. So take that under consideration.
4: No, 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 no. I already got a plan. I got a jacket, a book jacket made up that matches our Bible exactly. I'm just going to wrap it around whatever volume they want to put on there. Nobody has to know.
3: No no one will notice the difference when uh, Bruce rolls out with a Torah scroll and it's got a book cover around it, but he unfurls it. <coughs> they won't notice. All
2: you have just, to say is
4: we just have to do some uh, uh, decorative uh, some, um, hmm, some, some rearranging <laughs> no, we- of certain lights. All you
2: have to do is say, "Guys, George Washington used this one," and they'd be like, "Leave it on." George Washington also discountenanced or
3: countenanced disloyalty and rebellion against this great country in which he lived.
2: He had to. He was getting paid by the Russians.
3: Oh right, right. Um, I don't know. Our our jurisdiction, like most, has that whole thing in the petition process about you know, have you ever advocated the forcer or the overthrow of the United States government by force or infiltration. Have you or would you? I think it says would you. Do
2: you condone Um, or something?
3: Ours has has both. It's uh, do you condone something and being concerned in plots and conspiracies against the government. There's
2: there's a lot of that kind of stuff.
4: How could it say would you? Like, who could answer that, though?
2: I don't know. Oh, no, I sat on my petition committee, and he asked me that question. I was like, ooh. Well, I,
4: mean, I mean, I would, like, if the circumstances were correct, were right, I would, I can't, I, like, I can't say no to that.
2: It's our duty, but right. maybe, but maybe so. that's not the right answer. Like, we, we, <laughs> yeah. uh,
3: we ask these questions, like, right in front of this giant oil painting of George Washington that hangs in every lodge. <laughs> and it's like, um, <coughs> I mean, sure. Um. <laughs> uh, one year, Bruce, I tried to conveniently leave that out of the uh, master's charges during the installation, and uh, I was called on it very quickly. So,
4: leave what out? Yeah, uh,
3: that whole thing where you're asking the master those charges when he's being installed, mm-hmm. which that's a public ceremony. So, of course, we could talk about that. And uh, one of them is, do you promise not to be concerned in plots and conspiracies against the government and the civil magistrates and all of that jazz?
4: Now, when I agree to that, that was just for my year as master.
2: <laughs> uh, that's that's <laughs> how I would interpret it. Yeah, Thank Harlan. you. Hey, question, Bruce. Were you yes, the so. only one that kneeled at the altar for uh, for your uh, installation? No.
4: No, uh, I was. I hear you, Harlan. I'm 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 trying to remember it. I do not remember it. Uh, I, I'm guessing the answer is no.
2: Are you sure, Harlan?
4: Harlan is sure. So I, I am unsure. There, there's a...
3: Installations, the, uh, the elected officers kneel at the altar and everyone else stands.
4: Hmm.
2: Why do you ask? Because I think ours is... I think Florida does it different. I can't remember. Well, I okay. thought I knew, but now, of course, I think maybe I'm
3: wrong. Then Florida would be doing it wrong. Oh, where's David Riley when you
2: need him? Uh, not here. Mm. And, you know what uh, we did get? We went to visit a lodge and um it was this was an open lodge so it's okay to discuss. And we went up and they introduced you, you know, west of the altar and um the uh, master came down and shook our hand and said hello and he's like, "Please go see the senior warden for your uh, for your payment." And we're like, uh, <laughs> uh what? I looked at him the- like a trick. Yeah, and I was like, I looked over at David because I'm like, well, you've done this a bajillion times. And he's like, I have no idea what's going on. So we went to the senior warden. They had like a little pocket-sized, uh, it says Masonic Passport. And there's like 25 or 30 pages. And each time you visit a lodge, you're supposed to like write down what lodge, the date, have the secretary sign it. And if they have like a stamp or a lodge seal, they could put it on it. That was pretty cool. That is pretty cool, Bruce. We should do that. mm. We should
3: really do that. I mean, it has nothing to do with me being tired of signing and stamping and sealing those things. Like 30 of them at every meeting. You
2: have 30 guests every
3: meeting? No, nah, I'm exaggerating a little. Usually there's like three or four, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we do have a lot of guests, though. They just don't always bring their passport because they're recurring guests. Uh, we usually have like a handful of you know visitors who don't come frequently or who are there for the first time. And mm-hmm. then we've got what what would you say Tony like 15 to 20 guys who aren't members of our lodge but who are always there on some regular basis. Yes.
0: <laughs> Great.
3: Uh yeah. Uh, <laughs> they all like to come in whenever a new So our grand lodge does this like lodge award thing. And part of it's based on having members of, of your lodge travel to other lodges during the year. Mm. So at the beginning of the year, like the Grand Lodge year, so right after Grand Lodge is over, like the next meeting, all of those routine visitors will all show up with those passport things at the same time. And then I'll spend like the entire meeting signing and stamping and sealing these passports. That's cool. And then I'll turn them in to, for their lodge to get the award that year, and then they'll get new ones and we'll do it again. But if our senior warden did it, that would be pretty cool, Bruce.
0: Hmm.
3: And I'm not just saying that because he's my younger brother and I want to watch him suffer.
4: Great. um, I'll talk to him.
3: Of course, then uh, if you did that and then it continued next year, every one of our visitors would have to collect their wages from Grand Center Bob.
4: That would go poorly. I hear he did not like giving up money.
3: Well, not money, um uh things. But yeah, I thought you were going somewhere else with this. I thought you were going down the uh the old York Wright Mark Master path with uh you know it's Go favorite. get your wages.
2: It's my favorite degree of all time. I've yeah. never taken it. Then how do you know about it? I read a lot of books.
4: Uh-huh.
2: Ah! Ah, you should take it. It's my favorite degree of all time. I've never right. actually read the Ritual
3: for the degree. I think I have it somewhere, but I didn't want to spoil it in case one day I decided to go take the degree. But the uh, the master's wages are constantly referenced in other places uh, in writings about York Wright stuff. So.
2: Mm. Are you talking with, like, Manly P. Hall, bro, and, like, the keys of masonry?
3: Um, I don't remember if it's in that one or not, but probably. I've... I've got a lot of Manly Hall stuff, so I might have picked it up there. Somebody
2: was saying in the IRC that he wasn't, like, we think of him, I don't know, maybe some people are like, all right, cool, he did a lot of esoteric stuff, and he probably had his place, and we knew he was, like, a 33rd and probably in everything, um, but somebody was saying that towards the end of his, after he was raised and did all this, they were actually trying to kick him out of masonry.
3: Do you know if there's any truth to that? Uh, I've, I've heard that, but I, I don't. I have no way to verify it. Uh, Hall is an oddity because, kind of like, uh, kind of like John Robinson, he came into the craft after he had published all of these things that, at the time, would have been considered deeply, deeply offensive to publish, and you would be thrown out if you were a mason when you did it. Yeah. Uh, for instance, uh, Robinson, the guy that wrote Born in Blood, uh, he did all of that stuff and then became a mason later, so he didn't. Oh, get really? Yes, uh, he did it all from like a historian's perspective, and then he was inspired through the course of writing the book to decide that he really wanted to join. <laughs> um That's like Dan Brown
2: being like, be right back. Yeah. <sighs> that was cool. Uh, Hall,
3: as I understand, was the same way. Uh, he joined the craft later. Um, I'm not as familiar with, with the exact order of how all that happened. Interesting. Um, I should be because I am a, I'm a big Manly Hall fan, Uh, You can go to, there's a website, I don't know if it's affiliated with his heirs or what, but they have all of his recorded lectures, like that he would give at universities and stuff, just available for free. Uh, Hmm. I think it's manlyphall.com. And it is, uh, you know, it's not as entertaining as the After Lodge podcast, but, uh, you know, in the week between, or three weeks as the case may be, Uh, airing of episodes of this show you could pick up some of hall's lectures and learn a thing or two Uh, but they are about deeply esoteric things too Uh, i've actually only seen one that's about anything specifically related to freemasonry a lot of it's just philosophy and uh, like western hermeticism and like occult traditions
2: yeah, some of his stuff is cool. A lot of his stuff it's, its a little far-fetched. Well, it is, but,
3: I mean, that's that's philosophy, right? It, where's the fun if you don't uh, go out on a limb every now and again? That's the fun in philosophy. <laughs> fun- uh, philosophy. Yeah, I mean, one day I'll... Uh, Jason would never let me... Did we ever get into my... Uh, so close, my Nick.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> my... Humans are electrical circuits.
2: Philosophy thing.
3: Probably uh, not. Every uh, time I try, Jason would shut it down because. But but do we have to get into
2: it?
3: So you think we're electrical? No, it's 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 an analogy uh, that I make on why there's no such thing as free will. Um, I'd like to do that one when David's on the show one day. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he shares that opinion. I hope he does not because that would make it more interesting.
2: He's really, well. he's really exhausting to hang out with. Because sometimes you just want to like hang out with somebody and be like, like I don't know. I was going to say a joke like, "Hey, dude, look at those boobs on that girl," but that won't work. <laughs> <I wouldn't. laughs> like, like you can't just hang out with him. He's he's always like. I don't know. Yeah, I can't even get on his level sometimes. He talks about all these like fascinating things. You're like, dude, I'm just trying to eat my ice cream. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, You're like, like,
4: I just want to drink this beer, and he's like, let's get metaphysical.
2: Yeah. He's like, uh, Yeah, I've
3: I, I, I could appreciate that.
2: <laughs> Calvinist. Does ice cream ever go bad? <laughs> Look, if if we're if we're electrical sockets or whatever, then he needs an electrician. Um, um,
3: I don't I don't know what to do here. Uh, uh Worsham, can you can you bring the the chaplain up to speed?
4: Uh, I, I I don't think we have time for that. Actually,
2: he sounds like you ever seen those reporters? And the news is like, so how's the weather over there? And then there's like a 20-second pause, and they're like, thanks, Dan. The weather's doing great. Back to you. You don't understand. After Lodge, I've got all
5: these great minds. I've got Harlan. I've got – And ice cream. We used to have ice cream, and I'm hoping we'll have ice cream this year. But we ran out of ice cream. Mm.
0: Uh,
5: And, hey, that proves that ice cream doesn't go bad. We had that ice cream for a year. Um, but no every, yes. and they're all talking to these high-minded and masonic theories and all this different stuff and every now and then yeah you just want to say hey look at that
4: you know but, and so that's me that's my role tony mm. just walks by and farts and keeps walking
3: uh he has been I, known to do I
4: that
5: am, i am the abbot to their costello
3: so yeah he says this he's he's just as much into our, our esoteric philosophical nonsense as, as everyone else. <laughs> he totally is. Um, he usually is the one that starts it.
4: Well, the no. Ball, he he talks uh, politics for two hours. If we're still there at 1 a.m., that's when he starts on the good
3: stuff. Well, yeah. yeah.
4: So if you were to tie
5: a flashlight to the front of a bicycle, and then you were able to pedal that bicycle faster than the speed of light or as fast as the speed of light, wouldn't the light coming off of it be faster than the speed of light? No, no,
2: no. That's that's that was actually a pretty easy question. Is this what you
5: yeah. guys talk about?
2: No wonder there's no ice cream. <laughs> but, if
5: you could, no. but if you could, if you could, if you could pass, if you could, um, faster than the speed of light, you, you would actually pass up your light, and, and you, then when you stop, the light would catch up to you. How
3: cool yeah. would that be? And. That would be a paradox, and space time would break down, and the world and the universe would disintegrate. That's... Let
4: me let, let me explain that to you, real simple, Tony. The light is made of electrons. What? <laughs> uh, and you're made of electrons. Uh, and they can't go faster than light. Uh, but you can't go faster than the light is going. Uh, Light is not.
5: Oh, 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 oh. First of all, light is not made of electrons. Hmm. Oh, so <laughs> so I was hoping I could just stop it there, Harlan. <laughs> everybody knows they're protons.
4: Protons.
2: What? Harlan's like having a seizure over here. I don't even know what's going on. I can't do this.
4: <laughs>
2: can't
4: because do- we really
5: do talk about this stuff sometimes.
3: The existence Either of. Person- Speed of light as a universal speed limit for matter is my point of proof for us
2: living in a computer simulation. Oh, jeez! You and you and you can't just agree with Elon Musk when he has like forty billion dollars more than you. Musk says this. Musk Musk thinks we live in a computer simulation as well. Oh, I don't actually think we do. I just right. think it's
3: interesting that. The laws of physics have unraveled within creation, and they're, they're fixed with that particular rule.
4: Oh, okay. Like,
3: awesome. even it if you don't think arbitrary. we do,
4: you, you have to admit the odds that we do are incredibly high.
0: No,
4: okay, I see what this is doing. awesome. That's an awesome comment.
5: This has to be addressed. Airplane on a Treadmill. Would it just lift straight up? Oh my god! Or, or what would it do? We, we sat around it's to
3: 3 a.m. on this one one morning. <laughs> airplane no. on treadmill? What is that?
4: No, Tony, no.
3: I had to explain. Somebody,
4: explain, somebody explain it
5: to Nick.
3: If you had an airplane on a treadmill and the airplane was trying to take off, could it actually take off because the treadmill would be turning underneath it? No. Yeah, yes, it, oh, yes, it can. No. It could because
4: it would go up the, like, the, like a helicopter.
3: The engines because, are acting on the air. Yeah. It's just.
4: Oh, it's, you're using the force of the engine. I thought you just meant from the speed of the treadmill, because I was going to say there's no wind. It, it's the lift that makes the airplane go up. Yeah. If you're using the engine, then why do you even <laughs> need a treadmill? I but, I, thought uh, you meant, I thought you meant if the treadmill was powered to move at the speed that the airplane would need to go to take off.
3: No, so the treadmill... You're, you're just saying
4: it goes... So the, aer- the airplane's not actually getting anywhere, though, because it's, it, the treadmill's going so fast. But it's going the same speed as the airplane. I thought you yeah, meant it was... But it,
2: it would work like a kite.
3: Yeah, none of it matters because the engines are pushing on the air, not on the ground, so the wheels would just turn as fast as they need to turn. What does the yes.
2: wheels
3: have to do with it? because the wheels are so the, the premise of the question it's a riddle is if like the the airplane runway was a giant treadmill. So whenever the airplane would be trying to move forward the idea is that you know like running on a treadmill you would just be rolling in place. Does mm-hmm. That makes sense. So the the trick is in realizing that the engines are pushing on the air around the wings. It's not powering the wheels directly. So the wheels would just turn faster. So the to answer your move.
4: question, Nick, of what the wheels have to do with it, the answer is nothing.
3: Yeah, it's, it's the kind of stupid stuff that Tony, well, it's not really stupid because we'll banter about it for hours and hours, but he'll bring this up like right at the close of Lodge and then no one leaves. So for whoever in IRC was asking earlier about how do you stop guys from, you know, bailing out the door as soon as the gavel drops and peeling out of the parking lot, have someone like tony come up with one of these like mind bender things that really is kind of pointless but it will get guys sitting around and yelling at each other for hours on end that's a good like start
2: i feel like that's an easy thing to do these days when you all you have to do is say so trump am i right and <laughs> no one will know if you're saying that like for trump or against
3: trump yeah except these things tend to encourage some kind of mental stimulation whereas the Trump comments just encourage, like, drool and chimp-like behavior.
4: Also, that would never take an hour lodge because 95% is local politics.
3: Oh, yes, that's as,
4: as, as opposed to anything
3: wider than that. Well, if it gets any wider than that, then we, too, turn into drooling apes and start throwing stuff and behaving like animals.
4: All right, so, so th- think about it this way, Tony. Oh. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're the, you're the worst. If you... I, oh, if you oh. assume that at some point in the future, machines will, will have an actual uh, artificial intelligence, and let's say uh, whatever happens and uh, they either take over humanity or they have the goal of taking over humanity. So they start running uh, simulations to attempt to figure out how people think, how they act. Are you, are, are you with me so far? Yes. Okay. For these simulations to work, the the programs within them who who are acting as the people, as far as they know, they're actually people, and it it is the real world to them within this simulation. You see what I'm saying? So let's say there is a you in this simulation, and, and you're Tony, and as far as you know, it's the real world, you're just going on about your day, but it's just a program running. The machines would run billions of these simulations, and the Tony in that simulation is going to think exactly like you do. He's going to think it's the real world. So there are billions, let's just say an infinite number, of fake Tonys who think they're living in the real world. And one real Tony. What are the odds of you being the real Tony?
2: So are you saying he should kill himself?
4: No. I'm, I'm just saying that the, the chances is near infinite that, that he is not the real Tony.
5: Okay, but does the real Tony know who the real Tony is? Does he know he's the real
4: Tony? or does...
2: Will the so real I mean, Tony and, and, at least in, stand In
4: off. so much as you know you're the real Tony.
2: There's no evidence to support this is actually a real thing.
4: Okay, and there's no evidence to support that it's not.
2: Can you prove to me that
3: God's not real?
2: No, because I believe God is real. I believe He's real. Anyway, so hey, somebody on the somebody in the subreddit said that their dues for the year only sixty five dollars. Are you just you just you just make a list of Harlan
3: Button before see, the show started? Just trying and... to
4: think of things to poke at you with.
2: <laughs> yeah, actually, I actually had a whole list for David Riley, but he's not here. Sixty five dollars. He could triple his dues, and they could be kings in that lodge. They could put Wi Fi in the lodge. Wi-Fi.
3: We have Wi-Fi on our lodge. Our dues oh, are $81.
2: Are you serious? No. 81. Can I join your lodge?
3: Yes. Yes. Send me wait, a check wait, for $81. Harlan
4: is willing to accept any Mason's money.
2: And I will send you a dues card, sir. Fun fact, actually, that <laughs> was my chapter, council, and commandery dues card. <sighs> uh,
5: that's, gener- that's generally the first question that's asked when the petition is read. Do you have his money?
2: Yeah. He <laughs> doesn't
5: yeah. know how to vote.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, $81? Why don't you guys raise it? <laughs> we did.
3: <laughs> he's, we did. He's,
4: he's messing with us right, Harlan. Like,
3: yes, like and we did raise it. What would you guys raise we've, it we've, we've, we've from? Raised right. them to $81 from like 60 or something like that. That's embarrassing. It is, in fact. Uh, no offense. I mean, not you guys. The but condition of our lodge hall. Well... It's so much better now than it was back then. But um, if you saw it then, and then, yeah, I I asked the same question. Is, you know, we can't afford to uh, flush the toilet for each person that goes in the bathroom. Why the hell don't we raise the dues? Wow, that's a real thing, huh?
5: Yeah, but that's that's over $6 a month, Harlan. Think about it.
3: Yes, I know. That's like one person's dues. Well, it's more than one person's dues if they're $60 a year
2: because that's uh dollars well, I,
5: mean, I mean, our dues our dues right now are hitting me for over $6 a month. I don't know.
2: So you don't think Mace do is are worth more than $6 a month for you? Uh, have you I met the guys from our lodge?
5: <laughs> but I'm on a fixed income, and I may have to give up either my HBO subscription I may not be able to drive a new car every two years.
2: Yeah, that's
5: true. I mean, it is rough. that's six dollars. That, that six dollars can make a dent.
3: I had to give up going out to lunch uh, like one time a month. Yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous.
2: I think I think my yearly dues for chapter council, commandery, Scottish right, two blue lodges, and a few other things equal like. 900 dollars yeah it's a lot
3: um it's a whole lot like when i add up how much i pay in dues every year Uh, but so the way i get uh, in the family budget i've uh i just got a line item for dues (laughs) and so i throw like my bar association dues and the uh, isc dues and like other professional stuff in there and then the lodge stuff interspersed throughout the year so my wife doesn't raise so much of a fuss
2: nice
5: do you do you have a real budget? I yes. Mean, uh, uh, do you actually have a written out? This is what yes. I'm going to spend each month. Budget.
2: Yes. Yeah.
5: Does that too? My son does that. I've never had that. I've just always. You I mean, pay your bills when they come in. Hope you got enough money.
3: Well, so it it becomes difficult when when I don't know how you manage like being married. Like, truly you and your wife talked about money.
5: Yeah, we talked about it often. When I came home from a- <laughs> tonight, I noticed it was like <laughs> oh. there's like six new Amazon packages in the in the basement. Yeah,
2: true story. I spent like five grand on Amazon yeah. last year.
3: Uh, we use a a software yeah. package. Uh, funnily enough, called uh, You Need a Budget. And oh yeah, we've been using that for well, we've been married six years, and I started using it a couple years before then, so like eight years. I use
2: I use Mint. I think it's easier. Uh, yeah, it's, it's nice except
3: I work in, in security and uh, I don't like the idea of some organization having all of that stuff because the companies I work for are incredibly robust on paper and they've got all these compliance certificates and SSAE reports and so on about how secure they are and I know what a crock of crap that is. So I'm pretty sure that Mint is the same way.
2: So, well, Mint's owned by Intuit. So I mean, yes, it's the companies you would
3: think have that kind of stuff together that end up dropping the ball. And it's only a matter of time before you get that email from from Mint saying, uh, "Sorry, but your data has been compromised. Here's complimentary ID theft protection." Yeah. Uh, and by the way, someone on the darknet has your entire transaction history for your entire life.
2: <laughs> but it's okay because your password was encrypted. Yes.
3: <laughs> um, you don't have to worry about them taking your password, but uh, they know where you shop.
2: Yeah, they know everything about you. Okay, no, I, I like the,
3: uh, I like the stuff we use because it's a zero sum budget. So it's that whole every dollar has a job thing, and it it works well for me.
0: Hmm.
3: Cool. There's no money left at the end of the month when you budget that way. So then, like your your family can't find other things to spend it on because it's all spent technically even if that spending is you know savings
2: i still have to find a way to get a savings account that i can't touch i think that's that's a personal problem going through because it's like Uh, savings and you have a ton of money in there and then you're like i'm rich well
3: you could open another ira you can't touch that until you're you know a bazillion years old
2: well i want to be obviously you want to be able to uh Touch it. God forbid there's an emergency or something really cool. Oh, is on yeah. Sale. I mean, you
3: can, if there's a major emergency, you can pull it out. You just pay a 25% tax upfront in addition to regular income. That sucks. <laughs> WM but if it's was, emergency,
2: yeah. WM said, just invest in beanie babies. Huh? Um, or
3: you could, uh, I'll hold onto your money for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah, I got uh, a
4: big mattress here, Nick. Just uh, send it to yeah. me. I'll throw it under there.
3: Yeah, because sec-
2: secretaries have never siphoned money out of lodges.
3: I would never siphon money out of my lodge. You, on but, the other hand, but he would gladly take a check from them.
4: Ho, ho, ho!
5: You said you would never siphon money out of the lodge, brother secretary.
3: That is that is Did what read I said. We the
5: minutes last at, in our minutes last week uh, at our last meeting, where you are now taking, where you just took your salary. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, my salary that
2: covers about
3: 10% of my secretarial expenses. Yes, I took that.
2: Hey, can you share how much your salary is?
3: It's $1 per member. So about $120. <coughs> A year? Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you what other lodges get paid for. Oh, me. I know. Uh, we went to visit uh, an old lodge, the oldest lodge in our district, one of the oldest in the state. Uh, it's older than our Grand Lodge. And uh, so, of course, they got money. Their secretary earns five percent of all dues collected, plus twenty dollars per meeting that he attends. Holy sh- Holy has, crap! Plus has all of his expenses reimbursed for postage, paper, ink, etc. Well, that should go without
2: saying, but
3: oh no, that's not the case at our lodge. Like, you don't get your expenses paid. You just get that dollar per member every year. Which back in could, the- you,
5: if if you wanted your expenses paid, all you'd have to do is present them, and they would be paid.
3: Yeah, except our lodge is bro. Like, I know how much money we have. There's a reason I don't do that. <laughs> uh, uh, but... It, it, so Harlan, can... you're already
5: paying the 600 dudes a year.
0: It's
3: yes, I am. So, back in the day, like in the 70s, when that salary was set, and it's been unchanged since then, a dollar per member seemed reasonable, right? Because a stamp was, you know, what, like 18 cents or something? Mm. And so, maybe less than that. And so, if you had to send a guy four letters throughout the year... And you had to type up those four letters and the envelopes and you know some basic office supplies. Like That was all pretty easily covered by a dollar per member. Um, not so much now.
2: One of the secretaries in a lodge in the West Coast uh, gets the minimum amount that he can be given before he has to report it to the IRS. So I think it's like $6,000 a year, $7,000 a year or something.
3: 600 is when you have to report it to the IRS how much 600 is when you have to report it to the IRS with a 1099 misc
2: His is definitely near like 6,000 I Know that for a fact. I don't know. Ah, Oh, well, maybe he does report it. Who knows?
3: Uh, I mean the lodge has to report it so he always has to report it if you make a dollar you have to report it technically uh, but when it's over $600 that you've paid to any one individual, you have to fill out a Form 1099-MISC, M-I-S-C. So
5: if there are any IRS agents listening to this podcast, this is our hypothetical.
3: Yes, uh, our lodges, I definitely declare my $120 salary on my taxes. That's a thing. interesting yeah no i i i actually don't think i did this year and now i've admitted that on the air so now i have to go amend my return thanks guys <laughs> uh, because <laughs> i definitely owe my like 55 dollars out of my 120
2: to uncle sam so are you i'm reading the from irs.gov it says fees received from babysitting house cleaning and long cutting are all examples of taxable income even if the client paid less than $6 for the year. Yes. No, you have to report every
3: dime that you make. Like, it's tax evasion otherwise. Like, if you get audited and they find a dollar that uh, you didn't report, they will adjust your return to make you pay for that. Wow. Um, What I was referring to by the 600 number is, the 600 number is where the person who did the paying has to report it to the IRS. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's easy to hide an amount under six hundred from the feds. But if it's over six hundred, you can't because whoever paid it to you has already turned you in. Interesting. Um, which conveniently, uh Tony, I got from our planning commission a oh, sh- yeah, I got a uh I got a ten ninety nine Uh, Just this past week, you know, now that my taxes are already filed and it's almost the deadline, and I was like, oh, yeah, um, I should probably give this to my accountant and I don't know. It's going to cost me like so I made like six hundred dollars and it's going to cost me like two or three hundred dollars to amend the return because they waited till the end of March to send this out. Hmm. So, yeah, you don't uh, have to
5: do that. If you don't include it, the IRS will add it in for you later.
3: Yeah, when they uh when they show up with the dogs and assault rifles and tear gas. Because <laughs> that's the kind of stuff they do. Like, some poor grandma is $3 short on her annual taxes, so we're going to mm-hmm. impound her car and send the dogs in and shoot a bunch of tear gas canisters and scare her grandchildren because it's the IRS. Why
2: can't we just pay, like, a flat tax? Just take x amount out of my paycheck and that covers everything
3: now nick that's racist dog Uh, why
2: is that racist wait is it really? i I don't
3: know i've just whenever i make that comment i'm accused of being a racist so
2: well do you say dog at the end of it because then that kind of makes it a little racist
3: no uh i did that for poetic effect because i am the accidental racist so now i'm trying to be a racist on purpose um
4: you're more effective when you do it on accident. Yeah, um, I know.
3: And that's why I try to do it on purpose, so that I'm not as racist as when I do it on accident. Got it. That's it totally it's
4: it's sense. just harder to explain it to everybody else, Nick, afterwards. <laughs> like, this is the least racist he can be when he when he does it on purpose. It's, it's yes.
3: kind of a conversation.
2: Pretty racist.
3: The accidental <laughs> racist is a uh, tagline of mine. Uh, I think I need to make it my Twitter handle.
0: It's definitely mm. a
3: thing. Yes. Racism? Okay, go ahead. We're getting ready to cut, At what though.
5: point... Okay. At what point should racism kick in?
3: Um, what?
4: What are Let you even asking? asking? Like-
2: <laughs> wait, wait. Before you say anything, <laughs> I want all of our listeners to know that this is Tony's opinion and not the opinion of After Lodge or any of the members <laughs> on it. <laughs> go ahead, Tony. We're all, all, right. all ears.
5: Actually, we can't talk about it.
3: Oh, good. So let's just set it up and then uh, not say anything.
5: Got it. Well, okay, so some people might be racist against Filipinos. That's, That's not cool. as bad as, say, a Cuban, which isn't as bad as, say, darkness scale. Just like Irish used to be racist. What? At time-
2: you can't put racism on a scale. You can't be think, like, well, at it least he wasn't racist. No, Chinese I,
3: think, people, I right? think what he was getting at was that uh, we visited a local lodge, which, you know, it gets kind of backwards around here, and uh, noticed a, a fellow of uh, Hispanic descent in the lodge. And so Tony, in his Tony fashion, asked if we could get, like, a spectrum, like one of those little, like, charts of colors, so he could ask where the line is. A color wheel. Yeah, like we we need to know where the line is. Like, at what shade of darkness are we are we cutting off the? Uh, you know, you can't be in the white man club. And it was it was all in, it, 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 it was all in jest. But... It was
5: it was basically to show the absurdity of yes. the of the fact. It's mm. anti racist It was much funnier at the time. There is no color wheel. There shouldn't be.
3: Um, okay. Much funnier at the time because these are the guys that are you know like. There'd never be a black man sitting in my lodge as long as I'm living. Uh, huh, huh. And then,
5: so like, we went, so, so they Mexican haven't went guy. brown. They haven't went black yet, but they have went brown. So, so they're making yeah. progress.
2: Hey, question. Um,
4: was all of that racist? Yes.
2: Yes. yes. Bruce, yes, it is it true, well, at least is it true up there, that if, there's, if you know there's going to be a black ball in the ballot. Because somebody doesn't like the color of the candidate's skin, can you override that? Uh, Um, Harlan, am I allowed to answer that? So, am I really breaking I don't think I'm breaking any rules Uh, with these discussions that I... I I yeah, I,
4: I, I, I don't know if our answer is some kind of jurisdictional thing or
2: I, I
3: it may be. It may not be. We'll talk about it after the show. The short answer is <laughs> yes there are mechanisms for uh, Bruce to protect us from those kind of shenanigans. Uh, what those mechanisms are, I don't know that we really want to get into on the air. All right. But we, okay, there we go.
2: To... Uh, oh, yes yeah. After Bruce says it like and that's my answer.
4: Yeah, hold hold on, Nick. Let me consult my lawyer.
2: (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Can I talk? No, can I? No comment. Can
4: can, can I say the thing? Oh, I I can't say the thing. Okay, yes, but I can't tell you why.
2: You sound like the FBI director the other day. I can't tell you that answer. But is this true? I can't tell you that's true. Wink. (laughs) Just remember
3: to plead the fifth, Bruce, and you'll be fine.
2: No one can see me winking. Um,
3: when the guy at the Masonic trial says that you don't have a fifth amendment right in Masonry, uh, just keep pleading the fifth. Eventually he'll get tired of it and move on to something else. (laughs) So, uh, I've been advised that we have to, uh, we have to bring this train to a stop as entertaining as it is.
4: Choo-choo. So,
3: uh, I believe Bruce has, uh, has some ladies waiting on some cheeseburgers. So... Mm. Uh, we don't want th- those to get cold. So does anybody else uh, want to share anything fun?
4: That sounds like a resounding right. go to me, Harlan. i
2: going to jump out. Oh, well, Wait, well. I have something.
4: Tony!
2: I'm almost done writing the first part of the paper on my survey of millennial masons and what these people young masons like myself, these little snowflakes, want out of a lodge. Snowflakes.
3: Do you have any insights to share, or were you just giving us a status update?
2: Just a status update. I wrote, like, that's the problem with having ADHD, is, like, Mm. you get so focused on something for, like, three days, and then you're like, I'll get to it next year.
3: Have you been working on this paper while you've been on or consorting with the After Lodge podcast? No. No. Are you familiar with what a work for hire is? Yes. Is that why you said. Are, are, are
4: you familiar with what a carpetbagger is?
3: <laughs> no.
4: Because that kind of applies again.
3: Would you mind inserting the uh, copyright, the Afterlodge podcasts line at the bottom of your
2: paper's pages? Yes. Every page. Yes, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Every page.
4: You wouldn't uh, mind. Well, you do it anyway.
2: <laughs> Will you present your paper on
3: the show so we can act like we have <laughs> a contribution? Oh, paper?
4: yeah.
2: Yeah, I guess that could work. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that. I just want to be like...
4: I, I feel like that's the best we're getting, early. Like, yeah.
2: hey, Perfect, actually, right. you know Chuck Dunning, after he came on After Lodge, he actually got a couple of uh, speaking engagements to go talk? Yeah, i heard that.
3: Uh, I haven't received a check yet, though. I'm sure it's in the mail. <laughs> oh.
2: See what happens is the check has to go through his grand lodge to get to your grand lodge to get to right. you, right? And then our Which Grand secretary knows who we are,
3: and so the check ends up lost in the mail. <laughs> so we've been through this before. <laughs> it's like I have yeah. no idea. Okay. Well, um, I don't want to keep uh, I don't want to keep Bruce's uh, cheeseburgers waiting. So, Tony, did
4: you have something else to say before we closed?
5: Well, you just asked if anybody had anything from this week to say or anything. <laughs> I was in a Burger King last week. All right, Harlan. That's
4: it for episode
2: 160 of the After Lodge podcast. You can tune in every week.
3: That's, that's not the next line. Uh, no. I mean, I thought you guys were going to roll with it, and then and then you let me down. You can find the show notes for this or any previously published episode at www.afterlodge.com. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at After Lodge. Shoot us an email at afterlodge at gmail.com. Hang out with us on IRC, where you can catch the link to the live stream at right? or, Yes, or? Yeah. Sorry, I haven't done this in a couple of weeks. Uh, the panel is PoundSign Freemasonry. And of course, the uh, best place is always to find us on Freemasonry and After Lodge subreddits. Uh, and if you are interested in you know, making an appearance on the show, sharing some funny stories about your lodge or uh, something else that might interest you, if you reach out to Bruce or I on Reddit, or at our email, or any other way I just mentioned, uh, we would entertain the idea uh, as the After Lodge Roadshow continues across the country. phone so, number on there, too. Uh, there is. I can't guarantee that anybody will answer or hear it at this point, because I haven't checked that voicemail box in. Uh, we check it like once a year, don't we? I, I think so, yes. Yeah. I
2: should probably check that today. There's probably like 6,000 so nice week, brother's was night, Good night.
1: you